and welcome. I'm Mike Sakel. It's a Radio Bold News Debate this evening for the Office of District Attorney being presented by the Meisner Agency with offices in Woodburn, Livingston Manor, Westtown, and Middletown. Call the Meisner Agency at 845-434-7755 or visit MeisnerAgency.com. The Meisner Agency, insurance from a trusted friend. And by Carmine's Monticello Meat Market, Route 42 Monticello. By Next Level Fitness, no lines, no limits, no shortage. It is the Radio Bold News debate for the office of Sullivan County District Attorney. I am Mike Sakel, and this evening we welcome the candidates. Acting District Attorney Megan Galligan and retired County Court Judge Frank Labuda for an hour debate on the issues highlighted during this campaign. Each candidate will have two minutes to answer each question, followed by up to one minute for their opponent to offer a rebuttal if they wish. The questions have been chosen and edited from questions and suggested that were emailed by our listeners and media partners at Sullivan County Democrat, River Reporter, and MidHudsonNews.com. And I'd also like to uh, take the time to thank them for their participation and suggestions. And each candidate will begin with a two-minute opening statement. We uh, flipped the coin just prior to the debate, and we will begin our debate and our opening statement with Acting District Attorney Megan Galligan. And good evening. Good evening. Thank you, Mike, and the Bull Gold team for hosting us and giving Sullivan County's voters this chance to hear both candidates and make their own determination of who will be our next district attorney. I'm Megan Galligan, your acting DA, and I'm the only candidate qualified to hold this most important law enforcement leadership position. I look forward to this historic debate that I'm sure will accentuate the differences between me and my opponent. I've been representing you in court for the past 12 years, first under retired DA Steve Lungeon, then as chief ADA for Jim Farrell. I have an established track record of successful investigations, prosecutions, and appeals. That comes from my commitment to honesty and my commitment to following the facts and the law, rather than any political or personal agenda. Protecting victims requires a prosecutor to understand the law, to gather all of the facts, and to do what is right in every individual case. For more than a decade, I've been leading law enforcement leading community organizations, and I'm currently leading my peers as president of the Sullivan County Bar Association. I'm leading the charge in Sullivan County to grapple with troubling new bail laws, major changes to the rules of discovery, and combating the opiate crisis from all angles, all while navigating an unprecedented global pandemic. I'm a working mother to a bright 12-year-old son, and I know how important it is to Sullivan County to keep our children and our families safe. My family and my son know that I'm a member of a profession that demands a 24-7 commitment. I'm committed day and night to respond to homicides, acts of violence, child abuse, and any other serious investigation. Sullivan County's legal community, our police, and those who know us both know that unlike my opponent, I do not misrepresent my history, I do not inflate my credentials, I do not condone the falsification of documents in support of my candidacy, and I do not lie about the facts. Integrity matters. I'm confident that at the conclusion of this hour, it will be more clear than ever that I'm the candidate who can legitimately promise you as voters to represent you with honesty, credibility, compassion, and respect for the law. Thank you. All right. And with uh, our opening statement, uh, we have a retired County Court Judge Frank Labuda. My Two thanks. minutes. Mike, thanks. Thank you for being here, uh, welcoming us here this evening. Thank you, Megan, for your comments. 
I'm running for district attorney for one simple reason. To give the voters of this county a chance. Voters of this county know me. The people of this county know me. For 38 years, I've been helping and serving the people of this county without question. When I finished my first tour of duty in 1978, I started working for the Office of District Attorney of Joseph Jaffe, rose to the rank of Chief Assistant District Attorney, and when Steve Lungeon took office in 1982, I stayed on as Chief Assistant. I have a wealth of experience in the courtroom and out of the courtroom. And let's make no mistakes about this. The district attorney is the most important and powerful person in our county. That person alone makes the decision, alone, as to whether or not you will be prosecuted and at what level. I submit that my experience, my work on the bench, my work around the world with other judges and prosecutors, my work as an assistant district attorney and my record of service demonstrates well that I am willing again to serve the people of our county. Thank you, Mike. Thank you to both of our candidates. And uh, we begin with the questioning and uh, we'll go back to uh, acting DA Galligan. Uh, the opioid epidemic, substance use disorder, that no doubt has been a, a prime uh, topic of conversation. Both of you have talked about programs, about so. I'd like for you to outline for me uh, how your district attorney office will handle this particular issue. Megan Galligan. Thank you, Mike. I want to talk first about how important this issue is. I know on a very personal level, personal to me and my family, the ravages of addiction on a family, particularly heroin addiction. I know that a heroin addict has made a choice at the worst moment of his or her life that they can't come back from. That decision was made at a point when that person's coping mechanisms were outweighed by their pain. We can't arrest our way out of the opiate epidemic. It's not gonna happen that way. So since January of this year, I've been working with our coroners, with our public health department, and with many others. And we just announced about a month ago, Sullivan County's new opiate epidemic task force, an eight-pillared program to bring together community leaders from every cross-section of Sullivan County to attack the mental health problems that go into addiction, the immediate substance abuse problems. We need to deal with this at every level. We need to take the head off the snake through criminal prosecutions. I'm one of only two prosecutors in Sullivan County history to have executed a narcotics-related wiretap investigation. We need to continue doing that as part of our law enforcement pillar. But we also need to focus on our emergency medical technicians, how we can support them how we can implement programs that keep them from going to the same location over and over until one day they're too late and someone is dead. We need to work on policy and legislation. Assemblywoman Gunther has signed on to work with us on legislation that mandates that someone who's revived by Narcan be brought to treatment, that they can't just refuse medical treatment that night. We need to work on this from a substance abuse and use treatment perspective, what we can do to rehabilitate people before they start offending and coming into our court system. Arrests alone will not work, Mike. That's why we started the task force. Judge Labuda, I'll ask you the same question. If you could uh, talk to me about uh, programs and how your district attorney's office will handle uh, both the opioid and, and overall substance uh, use disorder issue. Well, Mike, the opioid crisis in our county didn't start on January 1st of this year. We've had a long history 
of an opioid epidemic rising and growing in our county with an unsuccessful approach. Where has my opponent been for eight years? What am I, where have I been? I realized early on that we do need an alternative to incarceration because we all know that putting someone in prison is not going to cure their drug problem. That's why over 15 years ago, I was one of the first judges in the state of New York to start the drug treatment court program. I was also one of the first judges in the state of New York to start the Veterans Track program in conjunction with the DA's office, probation, the recovery center, now called Catholic Charities, and others. So what do I plan to do? I plan to continue the attack, a twofold attack on our drug problem. The first is our drug court alone in county court is not getting to those people who need the help. We need to branch out. We need to have satellite dr uh, drug courts to treat misdemeanors. Because as a county court judge for 23 years, I was tired of getting the victims of misdemeanor prosecution, misdemeanor prosecution, then they commit a felony. We need to hit this problem early on. And on a personal note, okay, I have given eulogies for drug court participants who overdosed on heroin. And, one, and I remember one incident sticks out in my mind the most. A beautiful young woman making progress in drug court slipped off the wagon and she was found dead in a motel room in Newburgh with a syringe sticking out of her arm. I take this attack on the drug crisis personal and what has to be targeted is the drug dealers and give help to those who need it. Well, I want to move uh, or Rather, a one minute for a rebuttal, if you care to, if you have a rebuttal to that, uh, D.A. Megan Galligan. Thanks very much, Mike. Well, first of all, our drug court is an important program. I've been representing the D.A.'s office in that drug court program. But over the last 15 years, it hasn't gotten better, has it, Mr. Labuda? In fact, in 2017, you were removed from presiding over drug court, weren't you, Mr. Labuda? So the approach that you say you spearheaded simply isn't working. We need this new approach. We need this eight-pillared program. We need organizations like Garnet Health, organizations like Catholic Charities, on board with this crisis before it gets to court. And uh, Judge Labuda, I, I will give you a, a minute for rebuttal. I don't need a minute. Nice attack. Nice attack. After 13 years as a drug court, Judge Sick took over. My abilities and my record in drug court speak for itself. We had a 60% um, progress rate, which is about 5% over the state. We've made tremendous, and let's not tarnish, the good work that everyone has done in drug court. Thank you, Ms. Galligan. Well, we'll move on to another uh, topic, and I will call this also a, a hot-button topic. It's been statewide, really, that bail reform. You've both talked about it within your campaign. Both of you as candidates have publicly stated there were definitely a need for changes in the legislation. So I, I'd like each of you to explain uh, in detail the differences in your position, your position on, on bail reform and where it needs to go from here. Judge Labuda. Bail reform was a knee-jerk reaction by our governor and our Democratic legislators because 
of the poor performance of judges and prosecutors in exercising their discretion and doing excessive bail. You know, Mike, in, um, in January when I was off the bench, I was hoping I'd get a decision on, on this before, but we couldn't. So in January, I wrote an opinion that was published, by the way, by the Democrat and some other local news media. Okay, the current bail situation is unconstitutional because our Eighth Amendment requires reasonable bail, not no bail, not free bail. The no bail situation endangers the life of victims, witnesses, people who come forward, uh, police officers, and the like. As a prosecutor, we have an obligation to litigate on behalf of the people. I don't know if there have been any appeals of decisions of judges that have gone along with this unconstitutional law. There haven't been any. Very good. And uh, D.A. Galligan, I'd like for you to uh, to respond as well. Same question. Just uh, explain to me in detail uh, your position concerning uh, currently uh, current bail reform laws. Thank you, Mike. First, I want to note that what you just heard is ridiculous. That's why there's been no decision about that. It, in fact, the suggestion made its rounds through the legal community and was soundly rejected. Bail reform was born out of an issue that didn't exist in Sullivan County. Individuals who couldn't post bail were languishing pre-trial, and unfortunately, in some situations on their release, there were tragic consequences. That didn't happen in Sullivan County because I am the person who daily reviews the jail list. I review, together with our jail officials, every incarcerated defendant every day. I did so as chief ADA, and I continue to do so as acting DA. Anyone who I wouldn't seek incarceration for after conviction isn't incarcerated before they're convicted. It's a simple rule. It's an honest rule. I stand by it. What the bail reform statute did was remove from me and responsible judges the discretion we need to make appropriate recommendations to keep the public safe and to ensure that defendants will appear for court. One thing a lot of people don't talk about is that unlike the federal system, New York has never given prosecutors the right to recommend that an individual be held or incarcerated on bail while a case is pending because they pose a specific threat to public safety. We could always argue about someone's character, but that specific public safety exception didn't exist. We need it in New York. I'm committed and I have been committed to working toward that, to moving our legislature toward that. Also, what I've been doing, instead of just talking about bail reform, I've been educating our police and our, and our assistant district attorneys on how to grapple with this law, what we can do to keep people safe, how we can work within this legislation that we are bound by to keep us safe and to keep defendants appearing in court. Very good. D.A. Galligan, uh, Judge Labuda, I will give you a minute for rebuttal if you care to uh, Certainly. In, set, rebuttal. in setting bail over 23 years, in thousands of cases, not one of my bail decisions was ruled as unreasonable. And with respect to appealing, you don't give up the fight because the fight was lost in some other county. If we did that, then the feeding of deer ban would have been present in Sullivan County. But no, I wrote a decision. I litigated the case. The attorney general was there, argued, 
in my decision, found deer feeding to be unconstitutional. And if a simple case like deer feeding could be found unconstitutional, then shame on the judges who don't read the Eighth Amendment, which requires the reasonable setting of bail. Dear Gallion, do you, uh, a minute, uh, you have up to a minute, uh, if you'd like to add or rebut. The... Sure, thanks, Mike. Uh, I'm not sure what feeding deer has to do with bail reform, but I can tell you that Galligans have a proud tradition of hunting here in Sullivan County and will continue to do so. Um, Mr. Labuda probably knows that because um, before he alleged that my father was trotted out by me after having been ridden with a stroke, which was absolutely false, he asked him for permission to hunt on the Galligan hunting property, maybe because John Galligan indicated to him that they have a club and you can't just trump the rules. Maybe that's why he attacked my father. But anyway, back to bail reform. The Eighth Amendment issue is so ridiculous that no litigator would bring it to a judge. You see, as litigators, we have a responsibility to the Constitution. We can't knowingly bring frivolous lawsuits. What Judge Labuda is trying to do is deceive the voters into thinking that no one in the state of New York has the gumption to do something when, in fact, they have the legal responsibility not to. You're listening to the Radio Bold News debate for the Office of District Attorney here in Sullivan County. I am Mike Sakel. We're going to take a quick break and be back. More questions and responses, rebuttals coming up here on the Radio Bold News debate. Thunder 102 and 104.5 and 95.9 VOSFM, thanks you for listening to the Radio Bold News Debate for the Office of Sullivan County District Attorney. Hi, this is Dawn Corsiari, General Manager, Bold Gold Media, New York. The Radio Bold News Debate is just one of many ways Bold Gold Media serves our community. We work to better the Catskills through our partnerships with businesses and organizations. There are promotional opportunities available to help grow your business while promoting some of our great community-based campaigns. We will be helping our area during the holiday season through several charity-based giving initiatives with organizations like the Boys and Girls Club of Northern Orange and Sullivan Counties and A Single Bite, just to name two. We need business partners to help accomplish this. For more information on these and other advertising opportunities, visit BoldGoldNewYork.com. Welcome back to the Radio Bold News debate for the Office of Sullivan County District Attorney. I'm Mike Sakel, and uh, we have one hour of which uh, we are already 25 minutes into this debate, so... I want to get right back to the uh, questioning and uh, our next question. Actually, question again going to both of the candidates. I wanted to come back to the drug abuse issue because I think both candidates would agree that uh, education and prevention is certainly one of the keys. I know you've both spoken about it in the course of your your campaigns, and uh, especially when we talk about uh, children. And uh, I'd, I'd like you both to comment on uh, current efforts to curb and and educate young people when it comes to drugs, in particular things such as the D.A.R.E. program, and what other role you feel should a district attorney play in educating uh, our youth population? And I'll I'll start off with Judge Labuda on this one. Good question, Mike. You know, I started off as a prosecutor intimately involved in educating youth, 
In fact, in 1981, when I was appointed the stop DWI coordinator by the Board of Supervisors here in Sullivan County, one of the immediate programs I started was a mock trial program throughout our schools. I'm sure many of the, of the uh, parents of children listening here today remember me going into your schools, whether it was Livingston Manor, Eldred, Monticello, with mock DWI trials. Drug awareness is important. That's why I partnered with Sister Kevin John back in 1980 with the Sullivan County Cares Coalition and Ms. Deacher from Liberty in getting the message to the children. This was the forerunner of our D.A.R.E. programs. Thank God every school took our lead and has D.A.R.E. programs. But they started through the Stop DDBI program. Prior to that, Mike, there were no D.A.R.E. programs. I think the first D.A.R.E. program in this county was in the late 80s, official D.A.R.E. program. But we had, we had forerunners of D.A.R.E. program through the Sullivan County Cares Coalition and through the Stop DWI program that I was chosen to lead. D.A. Galligan, I'll, I'll give you a minute for a rebuttal and uh, also get back to the same question uh, for you to, concerning education uh, for youth in, in uh, drug uh, overdoses and uh, you know, drug-related education. Thank you, Mike. First, we need to correct the record because, as I've said, facts matter. The Stop DWI legislation went into effect January 1st, 1982. It's factually impossible that someone would be appointed Stop DWI coordinator in 1981. Second, Stop DWI was in effect for nearly 10 years under Steve Lungeon until he fired Frank Labuda and the, and the legislature appointed him to what was essentially a volunteer Stop DWI coordinator position. Let's get back to the facts about D.A.R.E. again. I'd like to point all the listeners to Lori James' recent article in the Sullivan County Democrat and as published online with respect to who really started the D.A.R.E. program in Sullivan County. It's important, Mike, because the facts matter. The voters are being misled. The voters need to pay attention to who's telling the truth, who's worthy of belief, and who's not. I know Sister Kevin John. I think she's a wonderful person. In fact, I spent a lot of time at her home as a child. But the truth is, D.A.R.E. was brought here under the Rotarians and Willie Van Hague in the Monticello schools. What can we do to educate our kids? We can do a lot. We can build on these programs. As I've said over and over again, our D.A.R.E. program is a wonderful thing, but we can't touch kids once in the fifth grade and expect that's going to hold, especially in the face of an opiate epidemic that stole the lives of 33 people in Sullivan County last year. We need to keep touching our kids through school, through community initiatives. We need to start maybe in fifth grade with building blocks about peer pressure and the like. We need to build on that in middle school, and we need to hit that hard through every grade in high school. That's what's important, Mike. That's what we're doing with the Opiate Epidemic Task Force. We're bringing everyone together to infiltrate this epidemic at every layer. Thank you. All right, I'd like to move on uh from this topic and, and talk a little bit about another another topic that's been uh, of importance within the race and has been talked about by, by both within the campaigns, uh, and that is a backlog in cases. It's been a topic that's brought up, uh, one particular high-profile case uh, involving the death of the two teenagers that was recently brought before a grand jury. That uh, happened over a year following the incident. So I will... Uh, 
bring this question to you. Acting DA Galligan, being the, the current acting DA, I'd just like to ask you to respond to that charge that this and other pending cases are backlogged in your office. Thank you, Mike, for this important opportunity to again correct the record that's been misrepresented by my opponent. The Sullivan County District Attorney's Office handles approximately 3,000 cases a year. What my opponent's doing is trying to malign me by the 1% of cases that, for valid reasons, stay open for an extended period of time. If he was so interested in drug court, does he not know that a case can remain open for years while a defendant's in drug treatment trying to earn himself a better disposition of a case? Does he not know that in some cases defendants are declared incompetent for trial, therefore a case must be held open until they're rehabilitated to the point of understanding judicial proceedings? I respectfully submit he does know, but he's misrepresenting the truth to deceive the voters in this county. Now let's talk about that extended uh, investigation that you mentioned. I took over that investigation in November of last year and immediately continued the work that had already been, been begun by the state police and others. I am the person who was the architect of search warrants that yielded valuable information in those cases. In fact, I identified and developed a program to read electronic information out of a vehicle that had never before been done in the world. So my opponent trying to smear me by saying I wasn't doing my job just gave me the opportunity to explain to the voters that I was doing more than any other prosecutor had ever done with respect to that vehicle. Additionally, I want it to be clear that the politicization of the grief of families is a disgusting. These families are going through something no parent should have to suffer. Instead, their grief is being weaponized in an inappropriate and unethical way. Judge Labuda, I will give you a minute to um, respond to that. I'm not going to engage in the smear tactics Ms. Galligan is trying to get me to go into. Steve Lungeon kept me as a stop DWI coordinator. I worked for him for over eight years. Okay. With respect to this case, this case was held for two election cycles. The facts of this case were known in the 200-page state police report two weeks after the incident. This case was politicized. Yes, it certainly was by people in the DA's office. And the grand jury investigation was an absolute mockery. If there were no felony charges to submit to the grand jury, then why was a misdemeanor submitted? Come on, Ms. Galligan, let's get the facts straight and let's be open and honest with the people. Let's Without get the me, facts the people straight. have no choice. Thank, excuse me, may I finish? I still have 16 seconds. You know, Mike, without me, the people have no choice as to who their DA is going to be. And that was arranged by the party leaders, just like they have no choice for any other candidate in Sullivan County. Look at the ballot, folks. Look at the ballot. Thank you. Well, Judge Labuda, I'm going to direct this question to you. And in the case of decisions in your court, some people have suggested that a number of cases were overturned or retried after decisions by the appellate court. Uh, so how do you respond to that? My record speaks absolutely for itself, Mike. I was a judge for 23 years. I handled thousands of cases, thousands of felony cases. And in fact, my record is so distinct that I'm the only judge as a trial judge in Sullivan County who ever had 200 decisions plus reported by the state reporter, by the Law Journal, and others. 
So where they come up with this smear campaign that my record was no good, hey, if my record was no good, then why didn't someone run against me? I ran three terms. Where were all these critics back then? We've had, we've had three election cycles for judge, and I'm proud of my record, and I'm proud of my, my legal decisions because they've been sterling. And has a case been overturned? Of course. Of course. You, were, were, you know, my opinions differ from that of the appellate division. Well, I will uh, give a minute for a rebuttal from uh, District Attorney Galligan. Your rebuttal. Well, Mike, I first want to get to a rebuttal of the absolute lies that were just spouted by my opponent about the Cantrowitz case. Let's be honest about what case we're talking about. I didn't lie to the parents of these victims when I promised them that a grand jury would fully and fairly evaluate this case and all of the potentially applicable laws to it. I told them the truth and I honored that commitment. I put witnesses into a grand jury for weeks. There are 23 grand jurors in Sullivan County who know exactly how in-depth this presentation was. There are 23 grand jurors in this county who know what laws were presented to them. And shame on you, Mr. Labuda, for suggesting that anyone but the grand jurors evaluated the facts and the law in this case and made a determination. Any lawyer worth his salt knows that no prosecutor is present in the room when the grand jury makes that determination, when they deliberate the facts, when they deliberate on the law, when they call back a prosecutor for legal instructions. Shame on you, Mr. Labuda. You know, Megan, I wish, I wish you'd start comparing apples and apples and oranges and oranges, okay? According to your press release, you determined that there were no felonies to be submitted. So these good grand jurors only had the option to consider reckless driving. And, if you, and it, as they found reckless driving, being aware of the risk and consciously disregarding it for reckless driving, that makes out manslaughter in the second degree. So Ms. That's Galligan, false. I think, Ms. Galligan, I think you better get back to basics. Let's get back to basics, Mike. I'm sorry. I have to jump in here. It's absolutely false. What I said at my press conference was that the grand jury determined that the only legal charge that applied here was reckless driving. I never represented that they weren't presented with the full range of potentially applicable crimes. That is a lie, again perpetrated by Mr. Labuda, because he cannot attack me on my record. Secondly, he has misstated the law. It's unbelievable to me that the judge who presided over the Cabrera case doesn't know the difference between reckless driving and reckless manslaughter. Unbelievable. You know what's unbelievable? I remember that Cabrera case, and that was overturned by the appellate division because I followed the arguments of the district attorney, and the appellate division said speeding. Speeding alone is not sufficient for reckless manslaughter. Okay, But it's for a jury to consider whether or not you have speeding, 72 miles per hour, whether you have a clear day, sunshine, 660 feet, a straight road, five prior pedestrian incidences, and being distracted on the cell phone, not to mention having one eye, a disability. Come on now. Let, let, let's All get right, real gonna, about this. Thank I, you. I'm going to respectfully stop this conversation right now. I think everybody has been given time to speak their their case and the appropriate rebuttals have been made so i'm going to move on to another another topic of of conversation and i want to get back to community no doubt you both are aware of course of the national scene these days there's a lot of talk regarding uh, reallocation of law enforcement agency funds 
systemic racism. You both mentioned community outreach in the course of your campaigns. So outline for me how you will uh, or and your office will work with with partnering agencies across Sullivan County. I'll start with District Attorney Galligan. Thanks, Mike. I want to talk first about what I've done this year to open up this DA's office so that people know that our police and our prosecutors trust and respect them because we can't expect our community to trust and respect us unless we do the same. And we do. That's why we have a fantastic record in Sullivan County with no complaints of unjustified police shootings and the like. But what we can do is bring together community leaders who feel comfortable coming directly to me as acting district attorney, expressing their policy concerns and their concerns on specific cases. You see, an individual out on the street may not feel comfortable walking into the DA's office and asking directly for the DA. But you know who they're comfortable with? People they know and trust. Their religious, community, and school leaders. If they can go to those people and those people can bridge a connection to me, all the better. That's why all this year I've spent time making a community coalition, getting people on board with this mission to open up the doors of the DA's office. I've also been engaging in this hard conversation with the members of our police community about what we can do to, to educate the public as to what we're doing right and to listen to the public about what we can do better. That's important. The police trust me, and that's why I can engage in those conversations honestly with them. We've engaged, for example, SALT's Committee on Equality and Justice to engage with every police department as we prepare our report to the governor's office by next April of the reforms to our use of force protocols and, in fact, what we're doing right. You see, we're doing a lot right, and we can do a lot better. One of the things we're doing right is that under my tenure in the DA's office, we have updated our regulations such that every police officer who applies for a job in Sullivan County must undergo a psychological examination to determine whether they're fit for that office. We are coming up to date. We are 21st century police and prosecutors. Judge Labuda, I will uh, give you a minute for a rebuttal. Little, if you have anything to add? Yeah, of, cu- of course, Mike. A little transparency goes a long way. You see, people could come into my office as they did when I was on the bench. And what I propose, in fact, in one of the podcasts, I, I, prepare, I will have monthly podcasts where people can call in and ask the hard questions. Just like I did when I was the stop DWI coordinator and prosecutor going into the schools, I think we should go into the communities. There's no reason why an ADA or the DA himself can't sit down with the folks at Evergreen. Okay. And as far as law enforcement goes, my son is, a, is, is involved in law enforcement, and we do have the highest respect. And they have the highest trust in me, Mike, because whenever they needed a search warrant, when they needed this wiretap, who did they come to? came to me, Mike. Thank you. I want to talk uh, uh, a little more about the, the substance use problem uh, and and one of the other issues uh, that is quite persistent in Sullivan County, unfortunately, is domestic violence. Domestic violence, uh, child abuse. As district attorney, aside from getting cases through the legal system, I'd like you to, to both comment on what you feel the role of the office is, offering protection of victims and what role that partner agencies play uh, in in the county and, and in domestic violence, child abuse cases. 
And uh, we'll start with you, Judge Labuda. The office must be proactive when it comes to child abuse. We have sources from the hotline, of course, and police agencies, but we also have sources through every department in every community. Again, by having community watch groups, we can not only get a handle on who's dealing the drugs, and the drugs are a commonplace all over. It's not just Monticello. It's not just Fallsburg and Liberty. It's Hankins, New York. And we need community-based centers where people could come and speak to the DA and air their concerns. That's not too much to ask of a public, public servant. Well, DA Gallagher, I, I will give you a minute for a rebuttal, but I'd also like to pose the same question to you regarding the uh, district attorney's office and their role and partner agencies in domestic violence and, and child abuse. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate the question because, in fact, I'm the person who secured millions of dollars in grant funding to create Sullivan County's first child advocacy center. I'm also the person who secured grant funding to hire Sullivan County's first district attorney's crime victim advocate. The point of the Child Advocacy Center is to centralize services for child victims of crime in Sullivan County. Instead of having to deal with a CPS interview separate from a police interview, separate from a physical examination at a hospital, separate from mental health services somewhere else, the Child Advocacy Center brings together workers from the state police, from my office, both police and prosecutors, and from mental health services, from the hospital, from all over Sullivan County, so that child victims of crime feel comfortable and safe getting the help that they need. My crime victim advocate works both with the Child Advocacy Center and with other victims of crime throughout Sullivan County, including domestic violence victims. The importance of this is that she knows how to address, reach out, and identify the sources of violence in our communities to women and children. It's important to me and it's important to our community. I've had a chance many times as a prosecutor over the last 12 years to have conversations with women who have been victimized by people that they love. One of the things that I find gets through to them is a discussion about whether they want their children to grow up thinking that love means pain and suffering. Once we can get that message through, we can start to affect change. We can do it through the district attorney's office, we can do it through our schools. We can do it through our churches. But we have to do it together. Well, and Judge Labuda, and I, I will interject here and, and apologize because uh, we started off with a rebuttal and went into answering a question. So to be fair, of course, Judge Labuda, I, I also want to give you a minute to rebuttal on this topic before I move on to another question. Well, there's no rebuttal. The rebuttal is that domestic violence and child abuse one of the most serious and most difficult crimes to detect. We need early detection. And it's great to have someone come into the police and the DA's office. That's wonderful. But we need to be out there with the church leaders, with the community groups, in each community, so people feel comfortable knowing the process, knowing us, knowing who the prosecutor is, and working with those groups to root out this evil. And by the way, domestic violence is one of the, one of the uh, most dangerous incidents for our police to become involved in because emotions run high, knives and guns fling. So this is a multi-level problem, Mike, and it hasn't really been addressed. I've been hearing victims and women and children cry and testify in court for 23 years, and it takes 
takes a big toll on me, Mike, and anyone who deals with these cases. It's sad. I wanted to also talk aside. You, you both mentioned grassroots efforts and, and speaking with individuals in communities and maybe taking slightly different approaches. But one of the other things I wanted to ask, and I'll start with you, uh, D.A. Galligan, is uh, what role does technology play in the district attorney's office? And when I say technology, I also talk about social media and other tools that, that a district attorney in the office would have available to them to, um, uh, to move forward. Thank you, Mike. That's a question that has to be broken down into two parts. The first, how we can use technology to investigate and prosecute crimes. I listen with interest to my opponent say on a podcast that he's above Facebook. He doesn't bother himself with things like that. A prosecutor cannot take that approach. A prosecutor must be absolutely familiar with the various kinds of technology people are using to communicate with each other, people are using to further their nefarious interests like drug dealing. A prosecutor must be up on that technology. As I said, in connection with narcotics investigations where we're using wiretaps, the prosecutor is the person responsible for reviewing every single intercept. If you don't know the technology, you can't do the job. Second, in connection with prosecuting and securing convictions, technology is more important than ever. I mentioned we're dealing with really radical new discovery laws. We have implemented and adopted a digital evidence management system. That's an incredibly sophisticated electronic tool for managing incoming cases, gathering discovery, and distributing it out to defense attorneys. If you can't use a computer and you can't use technology, you can't do this job. Third, presenting your case to, to a jury. You know, uh, our New York Prosecutors Training Institute uh, has people go to these classes to learn about prosecutions and technology. And one of the things that they said, and this is more than five years ago, was pretty soon it will be misconduct for a prosecutor not to be using PowerPoint in their closing arguments. Well, guess who was using it before they said that? Megan Galligan. Guess who's been using it ever since? Megan Galligan. If you can't use technology, you can't do the job. Judge Labuda, I'd like you to, first of all, uh, a minute for, uh, for rebuttal uh, and uh, speak a little on, on technology and the use of technology within the district attorney's office. The way of the future and everything is technology, Mike. Let, let's, let's just face it. With respect to the uh, derogatory comments about Facebook, I don't use Facebook personally. My campaign's using it. We have a lot of good Facebook. We have a lot of video. We have 21,000 hits on our video. Okay, Ms. Galligan has 1,000. I guess people are not too interested in what she has to say nor her endorsements. Okay, so, you know, this, so let's, let's use technology. In fact, where, where are the police cams that would help digitalize the taking of evidence, that would protect police when they stop a motorist? They don't know who's in that car. Might be a speeder, might be a murderer. So let's get our police updated to the digital world also. Thank you. And um, we're quickly running out of time here, so I, I wanted to run through a, a few specific questions. 
uh, getting to politics in the campaign. Judge Labuda, you, you switched party affiliation. Uh, I first reported on it, actually, in, on, on January 23rd, uh, from Democrat to Republican, shortly before announcing your run for district attorney. E- explain your reasons behind that. You've spoken about it in the campaign, but tell our listeners what what the reasoning was behind behind that move. Reason is very simple, Mike. You just have to look at my record, my constitutional conservative record. The Democratic Party has been kidnapped by the far left and by the socialists. We see this nationwide. We see it in our state. I didn't leave the Democratic Party. They left me. The values I espouse were the values. You know, no promises were made to me. I never asked for the Democratic endorsement. I never even went to the convention. I didn't even go to the convention to ask and to argue. Why? Because those values are simply not mine. And by the way, there were no deals made for me. The Republican uh, Party hierarchy did not endorse me. I got the endorsement from the Republican people when I won that primary. The people, Republican registration, spoke loudly, spoke clearly that enough is enough with these party bosses. Let's get down to grassroots politics. Let's have the people have a choice. You know, Mike, if I wasn't running, I think I said this earlier, you look at that ballot. If I wasn't running, the people of this county would have absolutely no choice when it came to county-wide elections. Everything was done. Everything's a done deal. Well, you know what, Mike? I'm the deal breaker. I'm the deal breaker for the people of this county, not for myself. I don't need a job. When I take office as DA, I will be stepping down from a very important and lucrative position with Sobo and Sobo. Just like when I took office in the county court judge. I stepped down from my private practice of law in Wurtsboro, making less money as a county court judge. But you know what? For me, it's not about a job. It's not about the money. It's about public service and doing a job. And by the way, I've given to this community as a volunteer fireman for 38 years. Thank you. D.A. Galligan, uh, one-minute rebuttal. Thank you, Mike. My opponent didn't appear at the Democratic convention because he knew he'd already lost the nomination. Instead, he had a friend of his approach me and offer me uh, a deal. Here was the deal that Frank Labuda communicated to Megan Galligan. Let him be the district attorney for three years to settle his scores, and then he'd step down and I'd rise to acting D.A. again. I rejected the deal. You know, Mike, th- enough is enough with this stuff already, okay? Can we have at least an ounce of truth here? It's coming from Megan Galligan. Oh, okay, that means it's the truth. Thank you. What's important about Frank Labuda's switch from Democrat to Republican is that he was for bail reform before he was against it. While he remained a registered Democrat, he made a speech at October 2019's Sullivan County Bar Association meeting. Uh, criticizing the district attorney's office for opposing bail reform. All of a sudden, after January 23rd, with the flick of a pen, his position changed. I guess the question is, was he lying then, or is he lying now? Oh, that's very nice. Ten seconds, Mike. It's reasonable bail. Reasonable bail. Not excessive bail. Not popular bail to make a headline in the newspaper. It's reasonable bail. And that position has never changed and will never change. Well, Judge Labuda and 
Acting DA Megan Galligan, we are wrapping up here because our hour is going quickly. So I'm going to, to ask both of you a broad question as to what makes you the most qualified candidate for the Office of District Attorney in Sullivan County. And you each have two minutes. Judge Labuto. Fine. Thank you. Experience. Experience matters. I have 38 years of experience in law and in the court as a prosecutor, as a defense attorney, and as a judge. My record of experience speaks for itself. Imagine where those passengers would be on Scully's, Captain Scully's jet if you didn't have a person experienced like him in the cockpit. You know, Mike, as a result of a, a bad parachute jump I had when I was in the Army, volunteering again, of course, I had open back surgery. I went to the most experienced surgeon to cut my back open and operate on L1 through 5. Experience matters. And if you're happy with the status quo, folks, if you're happy with the way things are, if you're happy with your opioid crisis, if you feel comfortable, if you like the party bosses making your decision, then don't vote for me. Vote for Party Galligan. But if you're not satisfied with the status quo, and if you want change, folks, you will have the opportunity to vote. They tried to stop you, but I prevented them from stopping you. You have the right to vote. You have the obligation to vote. And it's your God-given right that veterans have fought and died for and sacrificed for. So please vote. I would like every single person, because, because I gave them that choice, Mike. I gave them the choice to vote for experience, a vote for an inexperienced young lady who said nothing but personal attacks on me for the last hour. You know, if I was that bad, if I was that bad, you know, being a, a judge and elected three times, you're under the scrutiny of everyone. Your radio station, the media, the district attorney's office, the defense bar, the public, the commission on judicial conduct. And I am ready to serve again the people without private agenda and without political agenda. Thank you. District Attorney Galligan, uh, same question as to what uh, makes you the most qualified candidate for the Office of District Attorney in Sullivan County. Thank you again, Mike, and the Bogle team for providing this forum. It's clear now more than ever that credibility, integrity, and moral character matter. I'm asking for your vote because the facts have established that only one candidate has been acting with integrity through this campaign, while the other has campaigned on deceit. I've explained tonight what my DA's office does, what the responsibilities of an honest prosecutor are, and how I'll lead our law enforcement community as a 21st century prosecutor. I'm your acting district attorney. I earned this position based upon my hard work alone. I wouldn't have been trusted by Steve Lungeon and Jim Farrell to represent you if I hadn't demonstrated time and time again my dedication, my ability, and my integrity. It's a compliment to have been trusted by the people who Sullivan County trusted for 40 years to do this job with the intensity it demands. I'm building on that legacy of success and taking on challenges we've never before seen. I'm leading a new path on the opiate crisis. Addiction is personal. Every addict has made that decision at the worst moment of his or her life that they need help coming back from. They need protection from those who prey on their addiction for profit. I'm leading law enforcement in the national conversation about bias and abuse. I'm involving the community in that conversation. I trust and respect our community 
and our police under my leadership do too. I'm leading the prosecutors in my office who've committed to my vision, and I'm doing so with the integrity and commitment to excellence that this position demands. My opponent has demonstrated tonight that he doesn't have the facts, the commitment, or the plan necessary to be your district attorney. Our community deserves the best. We deserve the best prosecutor for this job. Our police, our former DAs, our judges, and our community leaders trust me because I do the right thing. That's why I'm running for district attorney. That's why I'm asking the good people of Sullivan County to vote for me. Well, that's going to wrap up our Radio Bold News debate for the Office of Sullivan County District Attorney. I personally would like to thank both of you for being here. I know there were some heated moments and some honest debate, as is always the case in political campaigns. But uh, the fact that you both accepted my invitation and are here as part of the Radio Bold News debate again, I I thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Retired County Court Judge Frank Labuda, Acting District Attorney Megan Galligan. It is the Radio Bold News debate for the Office of Sullivan County District Attorney. I am Mike Sakel. Our broadcast this evening has been presented by the Meisner Agency with offices in Woodburn, Livingston Manor, Westtown, and Middletown. You can call the Meisner Agency at 845-434-7755 or visit MeisnerAgency.com. The Meisner Agency, insurance from a trusted friend, and by Carmine's Monticello Meat Market, Route 42 Monticello by Next Level Fitness. There are no lines, no limits, no shortages at Carmine's Monticello Meat Market. Again, thank you all, and a reminder that this broadcast will be available on the Radio Bold News Pod later this evening. If you care to check it out again, or perhaps you you caught just parts of this broadcast this evening, again, it will be available later this evening. You can also go to uh, RadioBold.com and uh, download the Radio Bold News Pod or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again to both candidates. Thank you for listening. I'm Mike Sakel. It's been the Radio Bold News debate for the Office of Sullivan County District Attorney. Have a good evening. Thunder 102 and 104.5 and 95.9 VOSFM thanks you for listening to the Radio Bold News debate for the Office of Sullivan County District Attorney. Hi, this is Dawn Corsiari, General Manager, Bold Gold Media, New York. The Radio Bold News Debate is just one of many ways Bold Gold Media serves our community. We work to better the Catskills through our partnerships with businesses and organizations. There are promotional opportunities available to help grow your business while promoting some of our great community-based campaigns. We will be helping our area during the holiday season through several charity-based giving initiatives with organizations like the Boys and Girls Club of Northern Orange and Sullivan Counties and A Single Bite, just to name two. We need business partners to help accomplish this. For more information on these and other advertising opportunities, visit boldgoldnewyork.com.